You're listening to the best damn podcast that the internet has to offer. From the Sniper of Snipers. They talk about my one-taps. The Gamer of Gamers. Hail to the King, baby. And the best damn charity streamer that the world has ever known. Get back to work, you slacker. That's right. This is the Clock 9 Show. Now, I would like to introduce the one, the only, me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Glock 9 Show. Thank you guys all for your support recently, as we have announced before that we do have a Patreon now for the podcast. You can find the link below. Thank you to the people who have chosen to pledge a certain amount per month. Of course, that all goes to charity, but I'm not going to get into all that. There's been a specific question that's been asked so many times. I haven't really been streaming it lately, but people truly do don't understand why CSGO is so unique when it comes to being a first-person shooter and with how and with how in-depth that game goes okay so people understand that whenever I talk about first-person shooter I always reference Counter-Strike not just CSGO but Counter-Strike in general Counter-Strike 1.6 and Source and from the beginning this game has been out for about 20 years okay I've been playing this game since before I think before I was 10 years old if I'm not mistaken something like that um it's one of the games that I can go back and realize that I played this game way too much so I mean when it comes to because it came out in, yeah so about 21 years it came out in 2000 I think the year 2000 um when it comes to first-person shooters and tactical shooters is a good way to put it. Counter, Counter-Strike is one of those games where there's so much that goes into it. It's not like Call of Duty where you get your gun and you just run and gun and shoot and spray and hope you hit something. And, you know, there's, I'm not saying Call of Duty doesn't take skill. Counter-Strike is a very slow-paced game. And it, I don't really like comparing it to Valorant. Valorant's a little bit different when it comes to the abilities and stuff. Counter-Strike is all about having a team that's working together. It's a 5v5 with flashes, smoke grenades, and, you know, stuff like that. Now, if you have a team that has all five people grabbing sniper rifles, it's, you know, it's not really going to work out very well for you and stuff like that. Um, You know, I've been playing FPS games, oh, my God, dude, for so long. I mean, Doom, Halo, Call of Duty. Uh, Quake, even PUBG, I preferred first person over third person, even though I know you guys are going to say, well, Rum Royale wasn't first person. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I've been playing first person shooters for a long time. CSGO is like the only game that you just, you can't just pick it up and be good in the first couple of days that you play it, first couple of weeks. There's always room to improve. Um, it's, it's realistic. It's, it's, it is simple, but it's very competitive. There's no power-ups. No, you can't regenerate your health. Um, there's no like dots showing you where they are on the map. Um, unless they shoot or they're, you know, or unless a teammate spots one of them and it shows up on the map, there's no like UAVs and stuff like that. It's all about Intel. You have to reply, you have to reply, rely on your teammates. You have to rely on your teammates, call outs and stuff like that. Getting a kill is a lot more satisfying than pretty much any other FPS game. Getting a kill in Counter-Strike is not exactly easy. Um, once you die, people don't, once you, you can, you know, in Call of Duty, you die, you respawn right away in multiplayer. 
Counter-Strike, you die, you're out for that round, and you get to wait till the next round. So if you're dying in the very beginning, you're the first person to die every round, it's going to be very boring, and you got to wait until the round's over. And I think the round's are about three minutes long. Um, it, it truly requires people to pay like their full attention, and it's not like a game. Like, for me being a parent, I can't really play Counter-Strike with the kids screaming behind me and stuff like that. It makes you want to keep playing and makes you want to get better because you realize that every gun in that game, every single gun in that game has a different spray pattern, right? Um, when you look at like CSGO spray patterns, um, it's very, they're all different. Um, like the AK, the first three bullets are going to be right in the middle, right? You know, you're going to, the first three shots are usually right in the middle. And then if you're holding it down and trying to, you know, um, spray and pray, it's not going to work. You have to, like, pull down with your mouse because it's a PC game only. They tried to put it on Xbox years ago, but it didn't do so well. But you have to, like, hold hold down the, the fire button, hold down, and then, like, slowly go to the right and then left. And that's how you control your spray. You know, but now the M4... The M4 is a little different. It's going to go like left and right first, and then you got to pull down. It's the but always your first shot. Your usually your first shot is always going to be on point with any gun. So that's why headshots are so important. Um, it's not like you you can't sit there and constantly you know spam crouch and just keep going up and down to try and screw your opponent up. You can't run while you're shooting, or else your your spray is going to be completely off. Okay. So it takes a lot of patience and you're not running around the map. You have to walk, right? You have to walk everywhere. Cause if someone hears a call, uh, a footstep on cat, you know, there's call everything has a call out. It could be cat. It could be long. It could be short. It could be tons or tunnel, um, CT spawn, T spawn. You know, there's, you have to learn all the call outs for every spot. Um, you have to learn, you, you know, kind of if they're rushing B, rushing A, playing the bomb, and there's so many different things you have to communicate with your team. Um, it, it, it actually forces you to work together, which also creates a lot of toxicity, man. It's one of the most toxic communities out there, dude. Um, it's it's one of the things where I think about, think about Call of Duty, and if you ever played a Kill Confirm game, now, I know in Call of Duty, people really don't care about wins that much. They care about their kill-death kill ratio. Counter-Strike's different. Yes, everybody wants to have the most kills, least deaths. But as long as your team wins the round, you're happy. And you win the game, you're happy. You can literally get five kills and 30 deaths. But as long as you win, you're happy you won. Because each each match takes about 40 minutes. It takes about 40 minutes a match. So if you're in there with a bunch of idiots who don't care and just are playing for themselves, not making call outs, it's going to be, it's going to get very toxic. Um, I mean, it simply becomes boring and only fun for about an hour or two. If you're playing with people that you don't know, people who aren't making call outs. So a lot of people will give it up after a while, but when you truly get into it and truly get into the, truly get into the competitive side, like actually trying to push rank, it gets really, really fun when you're actually ranking up. Um, 
you have to like you you have money management i'm trying to think about all the things that make you unique is you have the money management thing you have to understand how much money that you make per round if you win or lose um obviously you get kills you get money if you lose a round you get like only i think it's only like 1200 bucks it's not even enough to buy armor and a new gun sometimes so you you have to understand you have to try and guess what the other team's going to do they may be you know counter terrorists might have three guys holding a and two b or you might have two guys a two b one mid making call outs uh, but it's you know you have to be aware try and know what they're doing by the way they're playing um what really killed counter-strike was hackers uh, counter-strike used to be i believe ten dollars on steam so if people hacked they get banned they can't play anymore so people usually weren't hacking once counter-strike went to free to play it became hacker galore because it was so easy to go online and find cheats and hacks and stuff like that just simply install it on your computer open the game boom it's injected into the game you can have auto aim you can have the most upsetting thing to me was people who didn't have aim hacks but had walls where you can see through walls and you can see them coming and you know exactly so the round starts and you have somebody on your team saying they're going b well how do you know that did you hear them yeah, I heard them. How can you hear them? No, you're cheating. It's not fun. Even when you have a cheater on your own team, it's not fun. Because now you're going to get pushed into a rank that you don't belong in. Their ranking system to me was the most accurate. I mean, it, you couldn't get into the next rank unless you were good enough. Now, if you have a hacker on your team or a couple of hackers on multiple teams and you get pushed into a different rank, you're going to get absolutely destroyed because you don't belong there. So it, it really screwed up the matchmaking. It really screwed up the fun of the game. When you have somebody that like you barely peek a corner, you're instantly headshotted. Like, dude, this is not this is not global elite status, dude. This is we're playing in silver or gold nova, which is one of the two lowest ranks, and you're getting every single headshot. You know exactly where everybody is. It, it's literally not fun. It ruins everything. It's it, it it's one of those things where you put all your time in to be beaten by hackers. I mean, there's so many things in the game that make you unique that I've already gone through, but when somebody's hacking, it literally just ruins the whole thing. It ruins everything. The The story of the game, and I, I'm going backwards now, but the story of the game, if you haven't caught on already, is counter-terrorists versus terrorists. You, It's 30 rounds. It's supposed to be 30 rounds. You have to win 16 rounds to win. You start off on one of the sides, if you're terrorist, you either kill all the counter-terrorists or you have to plant the bomb and they have to try to defuse it. So if you plant the bomb as a terrorist, they have to kill all the players and still have time to defuse the bomb. It defuses automatically. He's going to hold E or F, whatever it is. Um, if you're counter-terrorist, you just got to kill all the terrorists or defuse the bomb and you win the round. Once you win, and after 15 rounds, you switch. So if you win seven rounds, they win six. You switch. You got Whoever gets the 16 first. Um normally there's no draws i think even regular matchmaking there was draws but usually um you would have to go play sudden death so usually the most standard is um you have to win three rounds or four 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 rounds out of seven so you if, if you win all four rounds you have to win three rounds on your first side one on your next side uh, but you got to win four out of the seven rounds to win overtime but if you guys tie again somehow then it's uh you go to another overtime and those games can take, those games can take an hour, can take an hour and a half. I mean, it was a normal thing. Um, 
you know, Counter Strike was amazing during Source. Uh, it was amazing during 1.6, 1.5. CS:GO was pretty good, and it just kind of wasn't really the same um, after a while. Uh, the weapon skins that you talk about Fortnite having skins. Uh, Counter Strike, you want to talk about skins, man? Look up the look up the price of a Dragon Lore, and I, you know I'm gonna do it right now for you. It's Dragon Lore CS:GO price as of right now in 2021, CS:GO skin. Uh, for dragon lore, it would be. I want to say it's going to be like a thousand bucks, something like that. It, it's one of those things where it. That, I mean, uh, my oh my gosh! I just looked this up. It's not even a dragon lore, dude. A knife, a butterfly knife, is there's one on here for seventeen thousand dollars. That's the most expensive skin out there right now. A dragon lore, a dragon lore, brand new factory new is $12,000. An M4 Howl is $9,000. Just for gloves, because gloves are so rare, are $6,000. You have an M9 bayonet right here for $5,000. Scroll down. All Any knife in the game you run faster with a knife so everyone has their knife out it the the cheapest knife is 80 bucks you know i mean a lot of their skins in this game are not like fortnite where they're ten dollars twenty dollars or call of duty like twenty dollars dude their skins in this game are th worth thousands of dollars and the only way to get them is to buy keys for certain chests you get for when you earn xp you can get a chest but you have to pay two dollars and fifty cents for a key and you're not guaranteed to get like a hundred dollar skin. You can get a five dollar skin or a two dollar skin. Some of them are even fifty cents, but they're like really crappy skins. So the amount of money that has been this game has made, I would love to know. I I, I looked before the show. I couldn't really find exactly how much this game has made over the years. But you literally have skins that are almost twenty thousand dollars. I've seen within the last year people buy skins that are ten thousand uh, dollars. One of the best stories I have. Um, is if you guys know me, you probably, um, you probably know my buddy Sixon, Sixon909. I love that dude to death. I met him playing Counter-Strike. He was on the opposite team and he actually had a Dragon Lore that he paid like 1500 bucks for. And I killed him and I took it from him. And then I realized he had a howl as well. So he, just those two guns alone were almost $5,000. And I started talking crap to him. Like, oh, yeah, you're all skins, no skill. All skins, no skill, right? And just talking crap back and forth, you know, in-game chat. The next game, we ended up on the same team. We ended up on the same team in the next game. And we were kind of, like, it kind of started off being a little toxic, talking crap to each other, because I just I just want to put it out there. We won that game, just saying. And then the we, we were on the same team. We ended up winning again, but then... By the end of the game, we ended up actually joking around with each other, having fun, realizing it was all fun and games, and then actually started playing together every single night, and Sixteen has become one of my really good friends. Uh, I've actually met him in person, met person at TwitchCon. Great dude, amazing human being. But it was like, holy crap, this dude paid like $5,000 for his skins. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, at the time he was in the military and he went and blew some money. It is what it is. He he sold them now and he. Uh, but it, you see, the toxicity turned into a friendship, an IRL friendship too, not just online. I met the again. I met the guy in person. He's an amazing dude. 
Um, I, I have a lot of friends that I still play with them at through Counter-Strike. It, it's just one of those games out there where there's a lot of toxicity, a lot of trash talk, a lot of, um, a lot of good people that played that game, but a lot of toxic people as well. Um, there was, you know, the competitive scene that I played with, you know, uh, I talk about all the time, uh, me and my, you know, IRL friends had our own team. We would do ESEA leagues and ladders and stuff like that. I've actually played with certain CSGO pros, um, that, that are still playing today. Uh, we, we, I mean, I played with them before they were like professionals, but these, these guys that play this game professionally have been playing Counter-Strike since they were single digit in age. And they practice, like, they play 12 hours a day. They're amazing. And not just playing the game, they go into shooting ranges and just practice and practice and practice and practice. There's a lot that goes into being a professional Counter-Strike. If you're looking for a a video game to be professional in the Counter-Strike, it's not that game. It is not that game. Uh... But, I mean, it's one of those games that's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of money if you want skins. Uh, skin gambling used to be really big, where you can actually take your skins, take what they're worth, and put them on a website, and actually bet your skins on professionals and tournaments and stuff like that. Um, I remember I was always a big FaZe Clan. FaZe Nico, N-I-K-O, is my favorite Counter-Strike player of all time. If you get a chance, look up his highlight reel on YouTube amazing player he's still playing today i think he's on g2 now g2 esports um i remember i was a big phase guy and i remember phase face cloud nine in the finals i can't remember what year maybe 2018 i bet i had about 400 dollars worth of skins and i bet it all on cloud nine i bet it for phase to lose because they were known for choking and i bet it on cloud nine it went to the it went to a sudden sudden death basically game I don't remember how many games were like game five or game seven or something like that. Um and because Cloud Nine was such an underdog, I ended up I ended up coming up from four hundred from four hundred dollars to like twenty nine hundred or something like that. And was able to get, you know, it's not real money, it was skins, so I was able to pick out twenty nine hundred dollars worth of skins. And had a super sick knife and stuff like that. And but when you go into a game and you have these super sick, sick skins, it creates more toxicity. Like the way me and Sixon met by me talking crap to him. So like if you're not doing good, but yet you have like a freaking seven hundred dollar knife, yeah, people are gonna talk crap to you. It's just the kind of culture that game had. So like when people talk about COD lobbies, like Call of Duty lobbies being toxic and racist, and this, dude, Counter Strike was ten times worse, dude. 10 times worse, but it's, it's one of those games that people talk about now, nowadays I don't have like the best aim in the world. Um, I enjoy the compliments on my sniping skills and stuff like that. Uh, cause I used to be a sniper in counter-strike and it was one of those things where with shooting in that game, we all hear the term hit boxes in counter-strike. If you miss by a millimeter, you missed the hit boxes were so good in that game. It wasn't like Realm Royale where you could be two inches off of them and still hit them. It wasn't like Call of Duty where you can be a little bit like they're like their their hitboxes are actual like boxes where if you shoot them over the shoulder, it's still gonna count as a hit. No, in Counter Strike, if you shoot 
if if their character's running and their arm is up and you shoot below their arm as it's moving, you're going to miss. It's exact. We've tested this out millions of times. It's exact. So a lot of my FPS shooting quote-unquote skills, I'm not the best in the world, but again, I like to say I'm above average when it comes to shooter games, especially Call of Duty and stuff like that. Counter-Strike, I'm not very good at anymore when it comes to game planning and you know holding angles i'm very i'm very aggressive but i i you know thank counter-strike for that because your aim had to be on it had to be on point you know so when i play these other games it's like yeah you know, when people were so impressed with realm royale yes there was a big there was a lot of forgiveness in your aims but it just made i missed a lot less because of knowing i had to hit at least the center mass of your body in counter-strike so starting off in that game really helped out with the games I play nowadays. But that that is what makes Counter-Strike unique. I hope I didn't miss anything. Um, when people talk about why I don't really play it nowadays, I play it here and there on Face It and stuff like that. But it's just not a, a stream-worthy game. There's really not much content you can put out there for it. Uh, no one really cares to watch it because it's a very slow game. And no one really plays it anymore. So it's it's a whole different community now that's out there by itself now because no one really plays it. if you if you play it or watch it it means you're a diehard so you, if you want to stream it you got to be really really high ranked for anyone to give a crap about watching you me i i play face it. i'm only level three out of ten level 10 is the highest obviously uh but i'm only level three and it was hard enough to get there no one cares to watch a level three on face it um so there's no real point of me trying to you know Get a community around Counter-Strike. It's just something that I play here and there. Just get a feel for it again. And I enjoy it. Uh, but I don't really stream it. Well, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I hope you guys got your your questions answered about Counter-Strike. If you never got the chance to play it back in his, you know, golden days. It's a very unique game. Great game. Um, when it comes to this podcast, guys, we do have a Patreon now for it. The link is down below in the description. Make sure you go check it out. Uh, if you guys want to support, it all goes to charity. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for all the support on this podcast. To all the new listeners, welcome. Glad to have you here. Um, that's it for this week, man. Uh, I don't really know what's happening. In the week. I don't really have any updates for you guys for the weeks coming forward at this time. Uh, I will keep you guys updated as time goes on. I appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Have a good one, guys. Peace.